hoki mai ki ngā whenua tapu o te ngāhere tawhito ki reira e ohākina te huia mō te āke āke āmine Ka inoi tātou, hei mua koe i a mātou e iwhoa, hei tohu tohu i a mātou mahi katoa. Ko koe anō hoki he whakakaha i a mātou ki a whaikurori ai koe i a mātou mahi katoa. Mea timata, he mea mahi, he mea whakawoti i roto i a koe ki a whiwhi ai hoki i mātou. I te ora tonu, i te mea e a te whaitia nā e koe. Hui hukaraiti hoki to mātou ariki i ae nei, a ake tonu atu, āmen nei. Kia ora anō whānau. Welcome to uh, our series summary of our first uh, Atua Tanga Angels and Atua, Atua and Angels series. So, uh, kia ora ko JT nei. Ko Aaron Ahau. <laughs> I don't know if that was loud enough. Ko Aaron Ahau. Ko Aaron Ahau. You said the first series on, on, on Angels and Atua. Totally, are we, are yeah. We gonna, are we going to keep oh, this one going? Oh, man, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. Okay. And um, like I, can, I remember when we were interviewing, the, when I was interviewing the boys, like Elroy and Elisha Naritani, and I was like, and they started talking about karakia, and I'm like, man, mm-hmm. we're going to, do a series on karakia, you know. Here are you know, here are here aha te, um, te ahua, te mumu, like what's the mm-hmm. nature and the, yeah, and the types of karakia are there, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I reckon we should do another one. Oh, yeah. Plus, um, there are several ladies that I tried to track down but couldn't, um, make it in time for this series that uh, 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 there's a couple of ladies around the motu that I'm like oh well, I want to get there caught it all on this one <laughs> but I wasn't able to get down to Otoitahi uh, and track a fire down there out and then uh, you're tracking fires <laughs> <laughs> he's tracking fires around the motu <laughs> <laughs> anywho um, but look we just thought that in way of wrapping up this first series that why don't we get to just I don't know have a Little talk about it, and also, um, I mean, share some, some share some thoughts. Like we shared right at the start, uh, that one what uh, the biggest reason we did this series was, you know, over the years as I go out talking about what I doing, uh, what I do, sharing about the history of Christianity and, you know, the role of the church, you know, uh, has played within Te Tiriti Waitangi and uh, uh, and within Te Ao Māori, um, you know, from you know, the predominantly Pākehā audience, um, you know, sure enough, the question is, well, what about all those, what about all those Maori gods, you know, uh, and all that sort of thing. And I think it's coming out of a couple of things. One is, luckily, I, I missed this personally, but there was a period in the 70s and 80s where, uh, there was notions of a Maori demon or Maori demons being cast out of people that there were Maori demons in the arts on the, in the you know, Fakairo and the marae or those tikis around people's necks or, you know, whatever it was, you know, um, 
thankfully I, I didn't suffer that abuse, and it is abuse. Sorry, I should put that pen down because I'm clicking it. I don't might find it. But, y- y- you know, so uh, I think a lot of that, that question of what about those mighty gods comes out of a period of, you know, Pentecostal charismatic history of 30 years ago. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, it also comes out of ignorance. <laughs> Do you think with that history was that was there a bit of was there a bit of truth in, in swirling around in that there was a sensitivity to some evil spirits, or was it just misunderstanding? Um. Uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, it's a good question, and you know, sure, you can't blanket state and everything, but um, you know, there are clearly have been some things within. Maori culture as there is within European culture mm-hmm. that, you know, some things that are cultural practices that might not be helpful, but um, uh, yeah, but uh, again, I, I, I don't know, because I was that mm. I, was the, I was the kid, so to speak you know, it, I was yeah. the young child that was seeing stuff or whatever, but then you know, it wasn't until like 20 years later I got understanding of what people say yeah. like Cindy or Kitty or yeah. Or other people went through, you know, when they Which first became. Which was, it was overall like, like, a, yeah. like a kind of almost a blanket yeah. thing where the culture seemed yeah. to be demonized during yeah. that era, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think you know one of the reasons I wanted to do the series was to combat that, and then also just to talk about in a in in a in Te Ao Māori, the reality of walking in wairua, you know, walking in spirituality, wairua tanga. Uh, and an openness to spiritual things mm-hmm. is it's normal it's it's yeah. it's normal it's accepted it's you're not trying to make things up and this sort of thing and I think that is a I think it's a beautiful way of humanity that the Maori world has to offer present day New Zealand society you know mm-hmm. is that natural uh, spirituality a spirituality that is not hocus pocus, you know, it's not about trying to conjure up mm. faith, you know, we gotta, you know, or to to try and work yourself into a frenzy to see things happen or whatever. It's just a natural way of being that I think is beautiful, mm. and I've learned a lot from, you know, my brief time, you know, in, in comparison to my life of being on Marae of you know, learning from people, uh, both young and old, uh, um, Māori men and women, and how they handle themselves and how they operate, you know? Yeah. So... I like, like, in the last, the last, um, the last podcast with, with, with Koro that, that grew up on Ratanapa, like, when he was talking about, I mean, what in my, in my framework would be a demon that was kind of harassing him as a 12-year-old boy throughout the house. Right, yeah. But what did he describe it? He never even used the word demon. He just no. he described it as a, what, a pesky spirit? Pes- yeah, yeah, yeah. A pesky spirit, yeah, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, and I think it was quite remarkable. I mean, he, he seemed to think it was quite remarkable, too, that he, there was no fear involved. Yeah. Like, he never had fear around those things. Yeah. But, but, and that is, that is remarkable, but I've also seen, I've also seen that sort of, um, way of approaching kind of like spirituality things from other Maori who, um, 
who kind of like he, they there's not a fear there's more of a peskiness with some yeah. of the spirit which yeah, is which true. is really interesting it it kind of reminds and I don't know enough about like European indigenous culture but the little bit that I kind of do know about like fairies and that sort of thing you know yeah. like a lot of our fairy tales That's I, priority. but fairies right. back in in Europe right. were often kind of these mischievous sort of yeah. spirits yeah you know that that were which is very similar that, to Telmani. That kind of harassed people and whatever. Yeah. And um, and as Christianity came in and other things, those either those things were forgotten or they were subdued by the Spirit of God. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But um, but it makes me, um, I don't know, Just it's, it's just interesting. It's just a different way of talking about spiritual beings yeah. than I'm yeah, used to. Yeah, totally. And I, I think what I appreciate about that is, you know, I mean, I've been maybe discipled slash mentored whatever it is or that's probably a bit too strong you you know you grow up in the milieu of a certain type of Christian culture where A if if there's a demon behind something then then you know the sky is falling the sky is falling there's always fear there was always fear fear associated with it yeah you know, uh, um, I was, I mean, I grew up, man, when, you know, there was, well, the vineyard movement was going on right. when I was a kid and really cool signs and wonders and people getting healed and stuff, but you know, people, you know, demons being cast out of people, but there was just so much for me as a kid. I yeah. just, I just associated with that with a lot of fear, you know, like, yeah. like the spiritual realm and was, was associated with demons and demons was associated with fear. So when I hear this other kind of perspective of, yeah, those yeah. aren't good things, but we don't need to be fearful of them. It's. It's refreshing. It's, 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 yeah, it's different. Yeah, it is. I think, um, uh, like, I want to, uh, for those of you that follow us on Instagram and Facebook, uh, the last couple of days I've put out four quotes by a, uh, a theologian and a pastor um, from Minneapolis uh, called Greg Boyd. Um, I met Greg. Um, Oh, quite a few years ago now. L- legend of a guy, absolute down to earth. You'd the type of a very unassuming man. You'd you sort of walk past him, and um, you know you might not even notice him. And you know he's the type of international speaker who shows up in jeans and a t-shirt and bare feet. You know, and uh, <laughs> and he's also a brilliant jazz drummer. But um, I, I read uh, a number of years ago now. I read a book that he wrote called God at War which is basically talking about the spiritual worldview of the ancient world. And it was, it's, it, uh, I found it to be a book super helpful. Um, so over the last couple of days, I've, I've posted four of his quotes, but one of them here I just want to read. It says this, If we modern Westerners cannot see what nearly everyone else outside the little oasis of Western rationalism the last sen- several centuries has seen, then perhaps there is something amiss with our way of seeing. It is just possible that our chronocentrism, our tendency to assume that the worldview we hold at the present time is the ultimate true worldview, is preventing us from seeing significant features of reality. And uh, along with this quote and many others in his book, he's basically, you know, he refers to the thought that the Western civilization, a Western culture, is the first culture in all of civilization to completely explain the world materially. Mm-hmm. In other words, we only have material uh, answers for mm-hmm. the world, whereas every other culture before us, mm-hmm. and even those cultures in the world today that are outside of the West, 
in some form, in some way, has a spiritual way of describing the world. Yeah. And those spiritual, that spiritual way is full of spiritual beings. Uh, spiritual beings that are both good and pesky, you know, both good and bad, but for whatever reason they operate in the world. Now, incidentally, whether you go to Africa, whether you go to Central, um, Central Asia, whether you go to Polynesia, uh, and South America, you have indigenous cultures and you have non-Western peoples that have an understanding of some forms of higher level spiritual beings or whatever, but at the same time within their cultures, there's a distant reference mm-hmm. to the almighty God, mm-hmm. the uncreated God, mm-hmm. the you know, until Māori, you know, the, the, um, the parentless one or the uncreated one. Um, but these cultures, even though, even though uh, they, the, 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 the cultural, say, uh, demonstrations might be expressing towards these level of these deities, they still have a reference to the supreme being, yeah. but that supreme being, by and large, across the board in all of these cultures, has largely been forgotten, yeah. or largely uh, not ad- not adhered to, and uh, and so we operate because this God is whatever is is sort of distant. Yeah. We operate in this realm, and uh, I, I I shared this in the first podcast, I think it was, where Paul Hibbert describes it amongst indigenous cultures. He calls it the realm of the excluded middle. Mm. In other words, the West has excluded that middle realm of, say, mm. deities and gods and all this sort of stuff. Yep. But indigenous and ancient cultures fully functioned and operated yep. in that middle realm. But we as Westerners have forgotten that middle realm or eliminated that middle realm. Yep. And I think because of that, we have actually lost aspects of our humanity that like we mentioned before for if there's any reference to it then it's a reference based in mythological fear yeah you know fear over the unknown fear of ooh witchy poos ooh demon demon mm. demon ooh uh, what, what, whatever it is you know whereas like uh, Matua um, uh, te, uh, Whare Matituria you know he, no fear no. but but as a 12-year-old boy, knowing what to do because he has had an encounter with Christ yeah. and he knows who Christ is. And what I loved about that story, too, was that he also had such an awareness of his kaitiaki. He heard, I mean, he, he knew that there was an angel with him, too. Yeah. You know, I, there, my kind of Western mind hears these stories and go, okay, explain this to me. Break <laughs> it down. Like, what do you mean? You know, and I want, I want to hear someone, like, really, really, like, like just, black and white tell me um you know go through all the atua and is this one a demon is this one an angel is this one you know and and i but um but i'm but as i listen to the series i realize a lot of my questions and things i was uncomfortable with it uh, there it's worldview stuff too i'm not sure that i'm always even asking the right question yeah yeah. I'm come, my questions are coming out of my worldview and my kind yeah. of systematic way of wanting to organize everything rather than kind of relaxing and going, okay, look, at I, I, I know Jesus, I trust Jesus, I believe in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and, and I can trust in that, and I can also, and I can also be okay with that there's, there's spiritual beings that are sub, in submission to the Trinity, um, angelic beings, um, mm. 
and and also there's some pesky rebellious ones that God deals with, you know, and yeah, yeah. I don't know how it all worked out, but and I I I think that's important when it comes to this the specifics of talking about atua. You know, I I mean for for starter, you know, I've had a number we've had a number of emails and even even old school letters have come to us over this series and people really, really appreciating the discussion. Um, but um, yet some of them, I, I, I think, you know, many you know, New Zealand Western Christians, they hear the word atua and it's immediately in the evil box, mm-hmm. like, like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we hear the word angel and the word angel is immediately in the good box or whatever it is yeah. but I don't think that I don't think w- we should be quick to place in fact we shouldn't be quick to place Atua in the negative box um, because we don't unless you're actually in the world you don't know what people are referring to well, it's and what, nor yeah. what people are referencing for example Rangi and Papa right yeah. So Ranganui, you know, Sky Father, uh, Rangi, uh, uh, the you know, Earth Mother, I have no problem at all, you know, paying my acknowledgement to the uh, Ranganui and Papatuanuku as the heavens yeah. and the earth, as in other words, I am declaring and acknowledging the space mm-hmm. that God has created yep. uh, and put in into yeah. the cosmos, into the universe, you know. Uh, there might be other atua that, you know, I do have a problem maybe naming because I know some of their background mythological stories are very unpleasant and have to do with murder and all this sort of stuff, you know. So I'm like, ooh, don't want to go there, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just telling my story here, um, whanau. But I, at the same time, I... Like I've I've just experienced the beauty of when Māori acknowledge Atua, they are paying homage to the world that we truly actually live in. Mm. They, they're not they're not going oh Atua I give you my life I worship thee yeah. you know for thou art none of that at all. I'm I'm you know I I I'm yet to experience that. I've heard stories of where that does go on in very few circles. But essentially what we're saying here is that God has created space. He's created these things. And the beauty of Te Ao Māori is that we personify, we personalise mm-hmm. God's creation. Yeah. And in personalising God's creation, we respect God's creation we re- relate to God's creation as we would relate to a person. And that, to me, is beautiful. Yeah. It seems be- I, when, you, when you're talking, I'm reminded, and, I, and I'm not good at pulling out the direct, the actual s- scripture references, you will probably know, but just, just the idea of, of the spiritual gift of discerning spirits. Right. Right? You know, and, and we don't, again, it's like um, I kind of want the... I kind of want someone to write a book for me. My, my brain wants, you know, my Western brain goes, write the book and put down all the good and bad and, and how I relate to these spirits according to like, just 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 make it easy, put it black and white. 
but really, isn't it, a, isn't it part of our job as believers to be able to discern spirits, mm. to actually have the ability to, even in the moment, because a lot of this is language, isn't it? Like, it's, it's we're, we're calling... It, it, it probably, probably it's, it's whether it's, I mean, ought to, yeah, well, means gods, but angels can also be referred in the Old Testament to gods. It's, it's, it's there's this fluid, it, our languages kind of ebb and flow when they go all over the place, and so it's... It's language, it's worldview, it's it's how we describe things. So within all of that, we have to have discernment about what's being described, what's being named. Exactly. And what's yeah. behind those exactly. things that are being named. What are the actual beings or forces or principalities or whatever behind those things? And what are, are just ways of trying to, I don't know, describe realities? Yeah. It's funny, yeah. It's like, I mean, just thinking about this now, I mean... We don't have a problem saying we're going to church on Sunday, or yeah, no, we've got sun- Bible. We've got <laughs> we're going to home group on a Thursday night, right? But those are all so gods. We're, we're, exactly, we're <laughs> yeah. going to a home group on the day of Thor. You yeah, know, like right. our whole entire culture, yeah, is framed yeah. within you know what was it Greek and Roman deities or totally. whatever it is. Um, uh, yet we have the ability to discern what people are saying when they're saying Thursday. That's are right. They saying they worship Thor on this day, or what? No, of course it's not what yeah. people are saying. Right. Um, yeah, we've kind of as in, yeah. as a culture, we've kind yeah. of gone. Okay, yeah, historically, that those days are named after gods, but we're not honoring the gods, uh, you know, with our hearts and that, you know, and so. Look, there's a, a couple, well, gosh, I don't, I don't want to go too deep because maybe we shouldn't go too deep. <laughs> but um, Save it to the, for the next series. Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, what, what, what I will say is this, is that when we as Westerners read Scripture, we come, it with our cultural, we come to it with our cultural lens and we go, like you were saying, spell it out for me. Write out where the gods, write out their names, show me their, you know, the way that, they, that you know, we want the list. In other words, we approach, that, that's rational thinking. Well, we want, like, we want the system. Thinking. Give me the system. But before <laughs> this, you know, systematic way of thinking, I mean, the scriptures themselves were written by people and to people that they weren't rationalists. No. They operated in the world of the gods. Yeah. They operated with an understanding of that God has created supernatural beings, whatever that is, be, beings that are non-human, yeah. but spiritual in nature, that have functions and have operations. Uh, so the whole text of Scripture 
assumes, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, like it, it has that assumption. Uh, so they write from it, not trying to convince an audience about gods. Yep. Uh, because they know it, they breathe it, they're in it. Whereas yep. we've got to try and somehow convince ourselves about this, but they lived this. They were in this. Yeah, it was no. It was not that there are no gods but me. It's that there have no other gods before me. Exactly. Ex- yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, we, like I said before, you know, Western Christians might hear the word angel and we go, wow, that's awesome, but that's just an interpretation, right? That's just an interpretation of beings. Whereas the scriptures refer to the angels as gods, right? Yeah. They, you know, from Genesis all the way through, they were called sons of gods. Yeah. Um, and we, and then even the scripture calls humanity sons of gods. Don't do you not know that you you yourselves are sons <laughs> it of gets gods? It's all a little bit messy and so, blurry. Like what's like, what? <laughs> so the Bible refers to God as God. Refers to um, the the he- heavenly hosts as gods, and it refers yeah. to humanity as gods. And, and then so Jesus goes and throws himself call, the Son of Man. If, if I call you, if I ex- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not to not to mess with it or anything. Totally. Friends, like just when oh. we thought we had everything, we had my system in place, and Jesus comes along, calls himself the Son of Man. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> no, but it's, it's like good. We it's have, good. If the Bible has no ru- no qualm with te- calling yeah. humanity gods, yeah, yet we do, and we yeah. we we, if we were to call an angel, you know, the god a, a god, yeah, biblically they wouldn't freak out, but culturally we would. Yeah, so it's just a matter of discerning like you said before discerning. well what type of god are you, you know yeah. and what's your role and what's your function um, yeah. i think uh, you know, i think the way that i look at this whether it's uh, angels or demons whether it's uh, naatu or maori whether it's the greek demons you know even is it socrates or plato I forget which one but they trusted and they they said all of the one of them said all of their teaching comes from their daemon their personal demon you know? really yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so those ancient those ancient oh. Greeks had a very yeah. operative world in the spiritual dimensions as well. You know, but um, but when I read scripture and I say that you know there's nothing that has been made, you know, except made in by for through Christ. You know, mm. whether that's visible or invisible. So no matter what. The nature of a being, every spiritual being, mm. has been created to serve ihu karate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and when I say serve, I don't mean, whoa, whoa, you know, I, I mean live for, mm-hmm. you know, live with function in yeah. uh, relationality with um, the will of, you know, um, the Holy Trinity. Um, this is what these beings have been created for. You know, uh, Psalm 103 says, you know, uh, praise him. You know, this psalmist David is saying to the heavenly host, saying to the angelic <laughs> being, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, praise God, you angels, you know, who do God's bidding, you know, who work on his behalf. For Hebrews one fourteen says, you know, are not are not the the angels my flaming servants, you know, sent to serve those uh, who will inherit. 
salvation. That's what the Hebrews author says. You know, in other words, these beings have been created to make the way for humanity to come into a knowledge and an understanding of truth, justice, and righteousness in the person and the face of Eucharistia. Um, even Saint Paul writes to the you know the fledgling church in Corinth stooped in their mm-hmm. sexual immorality and sexual sin and he's you know he admonishes them by saying don't you don't you know that you will judge these gods yeah <laughs> don't you know that one day you will turn around to these gods and say did you do your job yeah. and I think that's you know if if there's one scripture I want to read out in this little summary um, you know and I know other um, Bible teachers might have different opinions about what's really going on with this text but it's definitely one of my favorite and this is my what could you say this is my worldview this is my cosmology um, uh, uh, I hold this into my cosmology of an understanding of the world and creation but Psalm 82 and Psalm 82 says this it says God presides in the great assembly he gives judgment among the gods how long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High, but you will die like mere men. You will fall like every other ruler or every other prince. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. Now, I I, I read this, and to me, this Psalm, Psalm 82, is, is like a staff meeting in the heavens. The Lord God of hosts mm-hmm. is calling, calling the council, calling the host to attention, and basically saying to the angelic realm, do your job. <laughs> you have been... I've made you to defend right, the fatherless, defend the poor, defend the needy. And if you don't, then look out. There's going to be a smackdown, right? Yeah. Um, and so I take great courage from this passage that no matter who it is I encounter, spiritual being-wise, you know, no matter what name they come to us, whether it's a beautiful name or a, mm. you know, or a Polynesian name or a Taiwanese, Taiwanese, whatever the name of a spiritual being wants to come to me, I know they have been created to serve Jesus, and so you, you go. Mm-hmm. Are you are, doing your job? Are you doing your job? Yeah. Are you here to serve Christ? Are you here to serve? And stand up on behalf of truth, righteousness, justice, and love. Because if you're not, hide out too, Gyakwe. You know, out yeah. out of here you go. Um, and you would know, you apply that? Would you would, would you interpret that in the same way, like for Ato Maru? I, I, I would like, I I imply that I I would apply that to any being mm-hmm. that is wanting to rear its head and show its face yep. and have any interaction with any human. Yeah. What is the nature? Of you being here, yeah, right, yeah, and I, I, I say that because I know of stories. I have stories where I have no idea who you are. <laughs> so I'm like, where were you? Are you gonna tell us? Like, no, 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 oh, okay, no, no, I'm not. Sorry. But like, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> but it's just like stuff shows up. Yeah. Uh, 
and there's some sort of sense okay oh for some whatever reason you have some jurisdiction here yeah but serve Christ you know um, mm-hmm. so I, I, I think you know no matter where you are on the spectrum of out there as listeners no matter where you are on the spectrum of you know, th- thinking about Atua or thinking about angels or thinking about whatever, uh, first and f- foremost, every being has been created to serve Jesus. By Christ, for Christ, through Christ. Right? So um, stand, you know, tall and strong and confident and knowing that no matter what the, the um, you know, what the sort of co-popper being or Spirit, something wants to come to you in. If it stands for for Christ and truth and justice, kapai. If it doesn't, then you're out of here. You know. Um, yeah. I think you know. Without going into an in depth Bible study here, which is some things I'd sort of jotted out. Um, I I think this is a big, big, big key thing. So I don't. You know, while maybe most people listening to this might be buggy, I'm not sure. But um, just let fear be gone from you and into a, into a, a realm where it might be grey or you don't know, but be at peace, huh? Mm. But just be at peace at what's going on. Could uh, you just 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 to make it a little bit more practical? Do you have like, what are your thoughts on like how we, how we actually discern or how we guard our hearts or how we, um, is there like because if if we're saying that that the spirituality yeah, is a real uh, thing, like how do we how do we how do we protect our hearts? Because I think it's it's one thing to say oh don't be afraid. But if but if there really are evil spirits that are around us, then how do we like how how do we protect ourselves, and how do we know the difference? Um, and yeah, uh, I think having people you trust where you can talk to about this, mm-hmm. and you can pray because you're right. You, we 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 find ourselves in situations where oh, I have no idea what's going on here, mm. um, and. And most of the time, understanding doesn't come till years down the track, right? Yeah. Most of the time, you know. Um, but I think, I think, talking to people about your experience, praying to people, pr- praying with people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as you and I have done yeah. over certain things and certain times, where we we have encountered little dark, spooky. Yeah, vibes that yeah. you know that causes us to fret. Yeah, it's not that we don't fret; we do fret. But in that fretting, it uh, I think it involves um, having someone to go to yeah. to be able to talk, to ask for prayer, ask for cover. Uh, you know, to have the right sort of talky. You know, the right yeah. sort of um, um, rituals to. Well, you I mean, know, like Saint, Saint, Saint Patrick, and, and his, you know, like I'm just thinking, he's such a hero for me, Saint Patrick, and how he 
he was right in the thick of it with Celtic culture and spirituality and stuff in the way. Oh. I mean, if you read, you know, if you Google, but his breastplate. Breastplate of St. Patrick, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just an amazing prayer of, of protection. I know there's been times in my life that I've gone, oh, stuff's going on. I'm feeling something. I can sense that there's kind of some weird spiritual activity that I don't really understand. And I find myself kind of pulling that, that prayer out and just just praying yeah. it with all my might over myself and my yeah. family, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, look, uh, a couple of things I'll just, we'll just close with here. Um, a couple of stories. Um, you know, I, I've, um, I guess I've got, probably got two stories of while I don't know, I don't know, I, deeply wonder if these the presence of angels has been around you know the presence of mm-hmm. some sort of powerful being has been around one of them was when a few of the mates were having a jam and you know in the jam we threw you know threw the phone down and you know just recorded our jam and then you're talking about like 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 when you were making music making, yeah, like yeah just guitar making, and stuff yeah. yeah just playing guitar you know and um you know uh we're having a bit of jam and one of the guys is um, singing away and I don't know, you record like 15 minutes of it and then like a week or so later you end up having to listen to it and I remember what <laughs> I remember the bro Dean going to us, man, have you guys heard this recording? Have you guys, have you guys heard the other voice? There's only I was the only one that's singing but if you listen to this recording, there's there's like harmony. There's another voice going on in the background here, <laughs> you know. And when you when you had a good listen, you're like, "Whoa, there is another voice." You're like, "What the heck is that?" Anyway, that was trippy. But the last, you know, there's a simple one. But the last thing it was what we experienced. Mm. And this is a this is an interesting story. But uh, years ago now, it was the first day where Aaron and I were actually making a decision we're going to write a book so let's drive from our house where we lived at the time in Mangari Bridge let's drive into Edge um, into into Edge Kingsland into Kingsland about a 13 k's uh, and let's go in and get around a whiteboard and let's brainstorm this book called Who You Come Home and what it's going to be like it was what about 9 o'clock in the morning or something like that yep. 9 o'clock in the morning um and we're on Dominion Road. It was rush hour traffic. Yeah, on Dominion Road, um, sort of in the Mount Eden end of Dominion Road. And we were in morning traffic, and we're probably going about 5Ks oh, an yeah. hour. Just crawling. Like, just, just crawling. And we're, we're sitting there in the car. Now, Erin's pregnant with our third child. Mm-hmm. Third child, six months, seven months. Yeah, quite, something like that. Quite. That was big. <laughs> Quite big. In the belly. And um, we're sitting there and we're chatting and then all of a sudden, right in front of us, the car, you know, you know, we're bumper to bumper traffic, the car in front of us gets taken out by another car and ploughs into the car and then smashes into the car in front of it, in front of that car. It basically wipes out the two cars in front of us. It happened so fast, we just didn't even know what. And like we didn't even know where cars were coming from. We're just, we're just, we just, as you would, you just, we just froze, and you have this 
two seconds that feels like an eternity. You're like, what just happened? There's all noise. There's just noises everywhere from all around and us. And <laughs> then Erin just bursts into tears and leans over her, over her baby and over her belly and just starts crying, my baby, my baby. Uh, and I go, oh my goodness, this guy's not going to get away with this because he had ploughed and stopped into the second two cars in front of us. But I get out of the car, and I kid you not, two cars behind us and the two cars in front of us have been completely written off. I don't know how that happened. He came from, So he came from flying came out from, from behind, behind us. plowed into the two cars behind us, swerved us. Swerved out of our way. Out of our way and plowed into the two in front of us. So he ripped totaled four cars except for us who was in the middle. And I, anyway, I go out and I go, this guy can't get away with this. Now, before I get to the, this driver, this massive fella, man, he's a Pākehā fella. Um, he was wearing like this orange, he looked like a real scruff. He was, <laughs> he was like, I'm what, I'm six foot four? He was probably six foot six um, and twice as wide as me. Like he was just a he, big, he had a curly mop of hair. And he didn't say a word, just pulled this guy out of the car. <laughs> um, just, you know, gently grabbed his arm, pulled him out of the car, and I went on the other arm. And uh, we just sat him to the driveway, and we just, to the side of the footpath, and we just sat down with him on, on the footpath. Uh, like 30 seconds later, these two Māori bro- bros, who very randomly were... Um, Secret, uh, like police armed defenders, off duty armed defenders squad. And these two guys had seen this car that was doing, <laughs> they clocked him at 95 Ks. He was doing 95 Ks down Dominion Road and rush hour traffic down the bus lane. Um, and these two guys came up and sat around him because they knew, you know, they were police armed defenders, they knew what to do. Anyway, we're we, like. I don't know, a minute or so passed, and I can remember thinking, oh, where's that big fella gone? <laughs> and I remember looking up Dominion Road, about 20 metres, and I look up, and I see this big fella, and I just see him turn around and look at me, <laughs> and then he carries on walking away. D- didn't give it, didn't, didn't hang around to the police, <laughs> just, just walked off. But I'll never forget the look on his face because he looked around and he like he had smiley eyes. And I, I I've never heard you tell this full story. <laughs> well, I have, well, I haven't heard it like this. No, I, I, I don't think I ever. Well, I didn't really. I don't know. If I, I, I was in such a panic about my baby that I kind of ran off. And you, I didn't. Yeah, but but I, you know, I look back in there. I don't know if the guy was, but man, I. I Benny Temple. Yeah. I think he was an angel. Yeah. Because the reason I say that is. I, for the life of me, I don't know how our car didn't get taken. No, out. it was so. It was no. It was. It was. You walked. I when I got out of that car and I looked at what was in front of us and what was right behind us. I, I don't understand how our, we didn't have a scratch on our car. No, no. Uh, I, yeah. It it amazes me, and I just go, man, thank you, Jesus. And you know, once we got to Edge and had a cup of coffee and <laughs> sort of calmed the nerves down. And, you know, talk to the, to the crew that were there. 
We then spent. Did we actually write yeah, work on did. the book? I can't remember. We actually then. We actually then <laughs> went we and really? we, we, we wrote out the back bound to the book of Who You Come Home. <laughs> I think the reason I want to share that story in closing with is, like I, like I know God has led us to write that book, yeah. and I don't know for, for you listeners out there, but I, I just want to encourage if you haven't read it yet, read it, man, because, I, that. That story has has tried to get stopped, both mm. in that way and other ways as well. But yeah. but um, I think it's something that is dear to the heart of God and is important for this time. And um, mm. I just want to I just want to leave that with you guys. That like I mentioned before, we live in a realm where spiritual beings are the norm Mm -hmm. they are the norm we do not worship them Mm -hmm. we live with them Mm -hmm. and we can trust that our Lord Jesus is administering his servants to serve those who will inherit salvation when I mean salvation I'm not talking about heaven and hell I'm talking about life true life here and now Righteousness, justice, truth, love, peace. The presence of goodness. And these beings have been created to work on that behalf. And wherever you are, I want to encourage you Mm -hmm. to be at peace. Um, And particularly, I want you to be at peace in walking into te ao Māori. And I want you to do your best at throwing out all of this the raru raru and nonsense of quote unquote Maori demons it's simply unhelpful <laughs> mm. because our God has created a beautiful culture that moves in and out that moves with that dances with an understanding of spirituality that is much needed in the world today yeah. and not just in the world but particularly within Christianity because our Christian story has been stolen by Western uh, mm. philosophy. So, uh, no reira, um, kia koutou, uh, nga mihi nui, um, uh, e ho ma. Um, thank you for listening uh, to this series. And while it was a bit of a glorious experiment, I think it's worked, and we'll probably come back to this one um, and several times um, as well. So, any thoughts from you, love? No, it's been great. <laughs> it's been great. Yeah. Keep on discerning those spirits. <laughs> say that in a real, should I say that in a Southern Baptist accent? <laughs> <laughs> Keep discerning. I can't, uh, no, I don't know. Sorry. Well, kia ora whanau, pai tō rā, pai tō wiki, i tēnei rā, um uh e pa a a kia koutou kia tātou katoa koroaitia tō aroha kia tātou katoa e ihoa cover us with mm. your great love I pray at this time Lord ko ihu koraiti oku tumata riki. Um, Amen. Amen.